Good afternoon and welcome to the Jim Leach Show here on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. We are at the President Lincoln Hotel in downtown Springfield for the Lincoln Half Marathon Packet Pickup. We're going to have a lot of runners coming in from all over the area, all around the region, and even some come internationally to be able to run where Lincoln walked. We'll tell you a lot more about the race. It's going to have an impact on traffic tomorrow. It's also going to benefit some local organizations. We'll get into all of that. But first, we are honored to open the show this afternoon with a special guest. He's been in town today talking to farmers and others on the all-important issue of trade. Congressman Darren LaHood is live here with us in downtown Springfield. Congressman, great to have you here. Thanks so much for taking the time. Jim, great to be with you and your listeners today. It's such an important issue right now, and it seems like it's still such a volatile issue, this whole notion of trade. We've had tariffs. We've had this trade battle with China. We're getting some optimistic uh, notes on that today, that there's a possible deal in the making, but it's still a few weeks off. What are you hearing from your constituents, particularly in the ag community, about what impact this has been having on them and, and whether they think this fight's worth it? Yeah. Uh, so I met with a bunch of farmers today out at the Sangamon County Farm Bureau. Uh, had a great group out there. And I will just say this, Jim. There is a lot of anxiety and stress in the ag community right now because uh, the ag economy uh, is hurting uh, Wall Street Journal did an article in January. Ag economy is down about 13% over last year as a direct result of tariffs and retaliation by China. Remember, 25% of the corn and soybeans grown in Sangamon County go to China. We export those. So it's important that we resolve this trade war with China. Now, I will tell you, I'm not a fan of tariffs, Jim. Tariffs are taxes. They're taxes on consumers. And, uh, and I've never been a fan. And the retaliation that China is engaged with uh, has hurt our, our prices. But I will give President Trump credit. I think his implementation of tariffs in a narrowly tailored way has brought the Chinese to the table. China has been ripping us off for 25 years, particularly in the technology space. And technology is the future of this country. Forced technology transfers, stealing of intellectual property, uh, theft of our cloud services. We have to hold the Chinese accountable. And so the president, he has used tariffs to bring them to the table. It has arguably hurt their economy. Their stock market is down. But we are at a critical point now in our negotiations. And we need to get our, uh, the trade war resolved. But we also have to have an enforcement mechanism in place that causes the Chinese to not uh, continue to engage in the cyber theft and the cyber um, activities that they've been engaged in. That's really what we're trying to change. Unfortunately, ag is a pawn in this trade war, uh, and, and sooner rather than later, we need to resolve it. We cannot be in a trade war a year from now or two years from now. I'm optimistic that our trade negotiator, uh, Ambassador Lighthizer, Secretary Mnuchin, uh, they're meeting with the Chinese today. President Trump met with the Chinese uh, trade negotiator yesterday. Uh, I'm optimistic that we will get a trade deal here before too long. We, we can't be in this war a year or two years from now, but it seems like the deadline might be a lot sooner than that. Down 13 percent. It's not a huge margin for most farmers uh, in this part of the state. How long can they go with the, the depressed prices, with the, uh, the, the lack of revenue, the lack of sales coming in before we start to see some farmers in really dire straits? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're, we're getting to that point, and I heard that today from our farmers. But remember, we also had um, two separate payments that came to farmers over the last six months here uh, that, that helped them to sustain themselves. But, but most farmers I talk to support the president and his position in going after China. If you think about it, Jim, for 25 years, the Chinese have been ripping us off. And from Presidents Clinton to Bush to Obama, they've tried to do things about it. 
Uh, they tried to hold China accountable, and they never have. And so we're at a different stage now. And so uh, it's, I think farmers, uh, even though they're hurting, they want to give the president the flexibility uh, to get a better trade agreement than we've had in the, in the past. It is in our best interest to hold the Chinese accountable. And it's not just us. It's the Europeans that are watching our negotiations. It's the Japanese. It's the Koreans. They feel the same way about the Chinese. If China wants to be a first world country, they have to abide by the same rules that everyone else does in the world. And they're not doing that right now. Another big issue uh, right now, it has an impact on uh, ag, it has an impact on companies like Caterpillar uh, in, in your district, uh, and that's, of course, the whole immigration issue, our battle down at the border. President Trump last week threatened to close down the border between the U.S. and Mexico as early as this week. Now it's more like a, a one-year timetable. Um, first things first. Is it indeed a crisis at the border, an emergency to the level that, do, that you agree with the president's invocation of a national emergency and his decision to start trying to reallocate money from the Pentagon and elsewhere to build his wall? Well, the answer is yes, there is a humanitarian crisis. I supported the president in Congress on his emergency declaration. There's a real frustration out there um, when you look at the, the number of people trying to get into the country, 75,000 a month trying to illegally come into this country through our southern border. Um, and I think this week when you saw the president shut, talk about shutting down the Mexico border, I think it was a reflection of his own frustrations. Um, and I should also say I think it was smart. He talked about uh, holding up the foreign aid, the taxpayer money that we give to Central American countries. Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, uh, to, to stop the migrants from coming north. Uh, and, and listen, uh, trade is vitally important, as we mentioned earlier, and so shutting down the border would have an effect, and that's not good for our farmers, for our manufacturers, so I have concerns about that. But I think we have to send a message that the Mexicans have to engage, they have to work with us, they have to stop the and we, we are a country of laws. We are a country of rules. You have to abide by that. And I worry about the suspected terrorists, the amount of drugs, uh, the gangs, um, and, and the illegals that come across our border. And, and, Jim, I've said this all along. I don't care if you call it a wall. I don't care if you call it a structure. I don't care if you call it a fence, a barrier, whatever it is. Let's listen to the experts on the border on places where we need that and enforce our laws and get the resources we need. And I think to this week was a reflection of the president being frustrated with that. We are a country of laws and a country of rules, and one of those is that the Congress has the power of the purse. Congress allocates where the money goes. Isn't it a dangerous precedent for this president to start now taking money that Congress has allocated to the Pentagon for various functions or to other agencies for functions and take that and say, I'm going to use it to build a wall that Congress didn't authorize? Congress didn't approve that spending. Well, I, listen, I'm always concerned about the separation of powers, and we, and we should be. However, um, when you can't get cooperation, what, what what is astonishing to me, Jim, go back to 2006. We had something called the Secure Fence Act uh, passed. And at the time, Senator Obama supported it. Senator Clinton supported it. Senator Durbin supported it. Democrats all supported it, putting fencing, putting barriers, putting structures along the southern border. Well, now that President Trump wants it, they don't want to go along with it. And it's more politics than it is policy. So what the president's doing is he's allocating money already that's out there and putting it along our southern border. And, and I think, again, what do you do when you have a crisis like that that everyone recognizes along the border? You talk to the Border Patrol agents. You have to take action. 
it'll be better for our country long term, in my view, to do that. Are you going to have the same opinion the next time there's a Democratic president who declares an emergency and starts reallocating what Congress has uh, appropriated? Well, listen, if it is an emergency and there is a crisis, uh, absolutely, I'll look at it the same way. But who gets to decide that? Is it just the president? The president says, uh, I, I declare an emergency and you have to go along with it? Well, I think we're going to find out. There's obviously a court case going on right now. There's a federal judge that's going to be looking at and looking at those factors. As I look at the factors, as I see what's going on on the southern border, it's my opinion as one member of Congress that it is a humanitarian crisis and that, that, that it has to be solved. And it's in the long-term interest of my constituents to get that resolved. It's going to save taxpayer money in the end if we stop those 75,000 illegal immigrants from trying to come across our border. Congressman Darren LaHood is here with us. We're in downtown Springfield, the President uh, Lincoln Half Marathon Packet Pickup event getting underway here shortly. Another big issue right now is health care, with the Trump administration uh, asking the courts to strike down the Affordable Care Act in its entirety, and then the president saying, we'll get around to voting on something to replace it after the 2020 election. If the courts go along with what the Justice Department is now saying, saying we won't defend it, just strike the whole thing down, what happens then? Can we wait until 2020 for a replacement? Well, I think we have a responsibility and obligation to start now, um, and I'm open-minded on those solutions. Um, you know, I serve on the Ways and Means Committee. We've been working on bringing down the cost of prescription drugs. That's been a high, uh, that's been a big driver of health care going up. I'm also a big supporter of being able to go across state lines for insurance, being able to pool in, in insurance uh, uh, companies to, to make it cheaper to get health insurance. In, in my district, if you're a sole proprietor, if you're a farmer, if you're a small businessman, uh, health care costs are way, way too high. We have to do something about it. And I think there's plenty of things out there in a bipartisan way that we can do. And I'm committed to doing that, working with my Democrat colleagues to find common ground to bring down those costs. We have, a, again, an obligation and responsibility to do that. But the pieces that people are really concerned about, such as protection for pre-existing conditions, that could go away uh, if, if this law is struck down in its entirety and insurance companies won't have to keep providing that protection. What happens then? Well, I, I, I've, I've voted repeatedly to support uh, and protect pre-existing conditions. I've been the sponsor of a number of pieces of legislation that would do that. Again, I'm going to continue to do that, and, and I, you know, I know a no number of my colleagues are going to do that. So, listen, I, I'm not supportive of getting rid of pre-existing conditions in any way. So uh, we, we have to move legislative-wise to help protect those people that have had their health care go way, way too high, uh, and I look forward to finding solutions on that. A couple of weeks ago, Attorney General Bill Barr put out a summary of what was in the Mueller report. And on that same day, you issued a, a statement to the press that says, quote, The conclusion of Special Prosecutor Robert Mueller's investigation is a complete and total vindication of President Trump on the issue of Russian collusion. Now, you made the, the clear point there on collusion, not necessarily obstruction, which wasn't quite as clear there. Uh, and then said it's uh, later in the statement, it's now time for the Democrats and the country to move on. Uh, let me just ask you, first of all, do you, do you stand by calling it a complete and total vindication uh, when we haven't seen the full Mueller report yet? The answer is yes. And, and also I would and it's um, a couple things need to be mentioned. Uh, the House Intelligence Committee came up with the same conclusion. The Senate Intelligence com uh, Committee came up with the same conclusion that there was no collusion with the Russians. Back when those committees were controlled by the Republicans. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's fair. Um, but Robert Mueller is not a Republican or a Democrat. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an independent uh, operator. He was, uh, he was brought in as an independent counselor. Remember, let's think about the Mueller probe. 19 federal prosecutors, 500 search warrants, 2,800 subpoenas, $50 million spent, an active grand jury, 
lots of prosecutions, but in the end, nobody is better at finding the truth and something like this than Robert Mueller, our former FBI director, former federal prosecutor, uh, combat veteran. That's his conclusion. And, and I stand by that statement. But do you want to see what that conclusion is based on? Do you want to see the report? Um, listen, I have immense, rep, uh, immense respect for Robert Mueller. So uh, knowing his background, knowing his um, level of integrity and what he stands for. And by the way, Democrats have said that all along. They don't like the conclusion now, and so they backtracked on that. But I have a lot of confidence in his ability to reach a judgment on that. But there are reports this week that say the people on the Mueller team are suggesting that bar summary mischaracterized their conclusions, that they had things in that report that were more serious, more concerning than what that four-page summary led on. Do, do you want to see the full report, everything in it, good and bad and otherwise? Not only do I want to see it, Jim, I voted to have it fully uh, released, right? So I voted in Congress three weeks ago. The Mueller report should be released. I stand by that statement. I anticipate in the next two weeks here it will be. Now, remember, it's, it's a large document. Parts of it have to be redacted to protect individuals. Uh, there's sensitive information in there. It needs to be redacted. But sooner rather than later, yes, we should have it released. And on the issue of, you mentioned earlier, on obstruction of justice, I didn't make a comment on that, But you know, because I don't think he reached a conclusion on that. But I'm going to look at the report. I'm going to read it. I want to see where the facts and evidence go with that. And, and we'll remain uh, open-minded on, on where that goes. We're almost out of time here infrastructure. Are we going to get to that in the, in the Congress anytime soon? Well, the answer is yes. Um, you know, it, it, it seems to me that looks like it's going to be more and more of an election issue, but it, it doesn't take you long to realize driving on our roads here in Sangamon County, we need an infrastructure plan. I've supported that in the past. Um, there, it's a bipartisan issue. Again, we have an obligation and responsibility to pass an infrastructure bill. Um, you know, figuring out how you're going to pay for that is the biggest issue, Jim. Do you, do you raise the gas tax? Do you look at public private partnerships? Do you, um, you know, uh, look at bonding? Uh, do you look at uh, vehicle miles traveled? I think it has to be a multifaceted approach in, in how we look at infrastructure. But our district needs infrastructure. We need that funding, and I look forward to finding a solution on it. When are you back in Washington? I know we're getting close to the Easter break here. Are you are you back home for a while now? Uh, or? I, I returned last night back to the district, uh, and I go back to D.C. on Monday. We'll be there next week, and then we're off for Easter break. Okay. Uh, what's, what's the next top priority for you? When uh, I, the top priority for, for my district is passing the new NAFTA agreement, USMCA. That's a priority for our farmers. It's a priority for our manufacturers. A third of the products grown, produced, uh, or manufactured in Illinois go to Mexico or Canada, our two biggest trading partners. That trade agreement starts in the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, we need to get this passed. It's good. Regardless of your political affiliation, this is good for jobs and economic opportunities for central, west central Illinois. And I look forward to working with my colleagues to get that passed. How will it be different than NAFTA? So if you think about it, NAFTA was passed in 1993. We didn't even have a section on technology back then. So this NAFTA agreement has 24 sections. For agriculture, it's wonderful. Breaks down barriers at every level, whether it's for ethanol, corn, soybeans, livestock. Uh, dairy. It's great for our farmers. Manufacturing, uh, it's, it allows our companies to freely go into Mexico or Canada, but, but compete at a fair level. Um, so uh, if you look at the agreement at almost every single level, it's, it's good for the United States. 98% of the corn that Mexico imports comes from the United States. We're going to continue to expand upon that. So it's a win for workers, it's a win for jobs, and it's a win for the United States. Congressman Darren LaHood, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. We really appreciate it. Great to see you. Great to be with you, Jim. Jim, enjoy thanks. your weekend home and enjoy uh, your Easter break when it uh, comes up here very shortly. Sounds great.